Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Stephen Kowalski. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. I'm so grateful to have you here today. How are you? Great. Good to be here with you. Hi, my gosh. You betcha. Today, we're going to talk about bringing conscious creativity to businesses with organizational development expert, you, Stephen Kowalski. Uh, Often, I think creativity is not even put on the forefront of when people think to create a business. They've got these great ideas, but how do you bring that creative consciousness to your business on a daily basis to help bring this vision that you all can create with the people you hire and your talent and everyone coming together to create a fabulous business. Um, Before we go to answer all of those, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your backstory and what even brought you to creating your book. Sure. Um, I've been working in the arena of uh, leadership development, executive development, organization development for many, many years, and always with a passion around creativity and innovation. Uh, I started my life as an artist. I thought maybe I would be an artist, but I realized I was more interested in the psychology of creativity, why we create, what are the conditions that give rise to creativity. And so I've kind of been a student of creativity all my life, did my doctorate degree and uh, and my doctoral thesis on the topic of organizational creativity. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching both myself and others for many, many years working with IT professionals, uh, scientists, engineers, HR folks, every, pretty much everyone from all different domains, uh, and watching how they express their creativity and working with them to help um, help us express our creativity together more effective, more effectively. So I I felt like I you know now is the time to to put everything that I had learned into the book Creative Together, and share it with the world. Now I, I'm wondering your your perspective. Do you think most people are just naturally creative, but maybe don't even realize they're being creative in their workplace? Absolutely. Well, this is the big shift that I talk about in Creative Together, the shift from the old story of what creativity is, which most of us think of it as an ability. 
And because we think of it in a, as an ability, we think, well, we have some measure of it and we're either less creative than most people or more creative maybe, or right in the middle with just about everybody else or not as much as our kids or Steve Jobs or somebody, you know, we're always comparing. And the old story says creativity is an ability. The new story, what I talk about in the book is that creativity is actually a potential. We've misunderstood it. So our creativity is there as a potential, just waiting for the right circumstances to show up and help us out. And if the circumstances don't call for my creativity, it doesn't show up. So when folks are kind of in a little bit of the doldrums or in a routine or they're living you know, the same day over and over again, like Groundhog Day, that movie Groundhog Day, <laughs> yeah, right? right. <laughs> you might not realize, wow, my creativity is there. It's just waiting for either me to activate it or for the world around me to activate it. I mean, think of how much creativity showed up when we hit the pandemic and we all mm -hmm. had to completely shift the way yeah. that we we're working together and living together. Uh, so it's there when we need it. And the, we can need it because of what's happening to us from the outside world, or we can need it because we have our own aims and desires and goals mm -hmm. and wishes and what we want to create in the world. Wow. Uh, this is fascinating. I recall early on when I started in the corporate arena, I would come into a place and I had a unique perspective of being able to see the whole picture from above and saying all the bits, what's working and what's not working. It was kind of like seeing the cogs in a, in a machine. And I'd be like, this is missing here or that's missing there. It was something that I was really, really good at. And I would come into one of my first I think it was a copy shop of some sort. And I would immediately, here's where the stoppage is. Here's why you're not doing as well as you could. And I remember them saying, that's nice. Go back to your desk because, you know, I'm a new person. I'm like 18, 19 years old. They're like, that's nice. Go back to work. And it's interesting you say that because I think a lot of times creativity gets snuffed out of us based on the working environment where it's like you come here, you be a cog, you go home. And I think companies are really missing a lot of potential with a lot of the workers they have by not drilling into that creativity. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's all kinds of organizational sludge, you know, as I call it in Creative Together, the the uh, the, the resistance, the protecting, the credit seeking, all the trappings of bureaucracy, all of these things that actually get in our way if we let them. Um, and so there there's a lot of uh, juicy material there to help people kind of navigate what what it means to create inside of a social system mm. and then of course there are people who are you know out there entrepreneuring and and you know building their own businesses and there's yeah. lots to learn there too because uh our our vision the purpose for what we're doing and what we want to deliver in the world is so much more powerful when it's shared mm. and when it's you know it's built together and with that shared purpose, then we start to activate people's creativity purpose, it turns out, is one of the most important elements in the conditions that give rise to creativity. And, you know, it's interesting, Stephen, I, I remember many years ago, I started specifically uh, this show as a marketing tool uh, in, in tangent with my financial consulting. I said, that's my jam. This just kind of puts my word out there. People get to know me doing this thing, build my credibility, all that jazz. It it snowballed into a whole new animal on its own. But why I'm mentioning it is that about six months in, I started doing some uh, meetup uh, events where I would kind of do some financial teaching and getting people to know whatever, whatever. So anyway, someone once said to me, because they had heard my podcast, they said, you know what? 
when I walked in and asked the the event center to set up our space, I said, could you set it up where we're going to have like 50 people come and I'm going to lecture? And he said, oh, okay, okay. So what they did, they set up two chairs in the front with a little table and some flowers on it and two coffee cups, kind of arranged like, you know, we're going mm-hmm. to have a a um, interview. interview style mm-hmm. with an audience. And at that time, my show was very new. I was just doing an online audio podcast. And I looked at that and I thought, well, that's weird. I didn't ask for that. I asked you know, for a PowerPoint and to set it up like I'm going to lecture. And then my husband walked in and said, you know, that's a good idea. You should do that. You should do the, uh, you know, the interviews in front of people um, and and make this another thing you do. I'm like, oh, that's silly. Well, a couple of years go down and uh, I start getting feedback that people would like to see more live events. But kind of what idea came to me is that we do a kind of networking event where people can network, but in the front, we'll have one subject that gets to be interviewed on a subject that we're all going to talk about, relate on, help each other with. And that will be the theme of the night. Um, and then we use that format with the two chairs and da, 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 and people seem to love it. But see, it was that moment of clarity and creativity that came from my husband. And of course, maybe the people of the event center that put that in his head when they set up the room, not the way I asked, but in a different manner. Mm, what I love about your story is that there was serendipity there. Mm. Uh, something emerged that wasn't exactly how you had thought it was going to be, and you mm. ran with it. And our creativity loves those kinds of situations. Mm. Um, and if we're paying attention with mm. intention, yeah. we can capture those opportunities and actually turn them into uh, ways to create new value like you did. Wow. So now let's say someone listening in it doesn't own a business, but works for a business. And they feel really, like you said, uh, the hamster on the wheel or the groundhog day over and over. How do they begin to get in touch with their creativity, bring it out or make it a part of their everyday life? Some companies aren't too keen on allowing their, their worker bees to be that creative, but how do they get in touch with their creativity and bring it to their daily life? Sure. I think uh, it's such a great question. And I think it starts with ideas. You know, if if I've got what I call creativity disruption disorder or CDD, I talk about it in Creative Together. If I've got CDD, I'm kind of shut down. My creativity is out in the lobby waiting for the show to end. Mm. And, you know, I'm not in touch with it, but actually we have ideas all the time ways to improve things, things we see waste that could be eliminated, uh, you know, a new invention, a new process or, or, or a tweak to a process. We have ideas all the time. So I would say maybe the first thing is to get back in touch with that idea generating machine that happens in our, our heads, you know, always coming up with these ideas. All right. So then the question is, how do you implement those ideas or how do you bring them up in a social system that may not be receptive? Yeah. I think a lot of that is about joining with others. And we sometimes we think we have to go it alone. Mm. Or if I have the idea, I'm the one who has to build it out and implement it. But actually, if I join with others, if I share my ideas, if I talk with stakeholders, if I understand what they value, the stakeholders or people who might make investment decisions Mm -hmm. in whether or not my idea is going to go forward, um, if I join with them, if we stand together, uh, then I think there's strength in bringing that idea forward. I also need to be good at understanding how to create a business case for Mm -hmm. that idea and describe it in terms that makes sense to the managers and leaders who are who are going to help 
help make investment decisions about whether or not the idea goes forward. So what I'm gathering from you is like when my 18 year old self, wow, here's some ideas. They're like, okay, that's nice. Go back. Uh, I wasn't really putting a case together to show them how this benefits them because yes. my husband always says people want to know what's in it for me. And so yes. if you can't present the case that shows them this is what's in it for you, 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 all right. of us together, it just sounds like someone with a whole bunch of great ideas, but just going to make a mess of things. I think the other thing that people are scared about, whether on one side or the other, one side being you have the idea, but I don't want to be trapped into now I have to do a lot of extra work. Right. Now I'm going to be stuck with the leadership of this. I'm like, no, I just have the idea. Don't make me do that. Or on the other hand, you you're so excited, like I was at my 18 year old self that you're like gung ho, but you haven't really shown how you can do this with others. It's all about it, it kind of comes across as it's all about you. Right. And 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 when when we do go to build that case, one of the most important things to keep in mind is to frame the case in terms of the benefit of the people who are going to be users or beneficiaries of what it is that the idea will will bring. So instead of saying like, oh, you know, the business case is about executing this idea, or when we have when we built the portal, or when we've designed the new, let's design the new process. No, that's not compelling. Mm -mm. The compelling part is what's what's it going to make possible for people, for customers, for markets, mm -hmm. for the organization. What's it going to make possible for for the people who are going to be using mm -hmm. the uh, the products and services that come from the idea, that's when it starts to get compelling because people can really catch that vision of breakthrough and understand what'll, what'll be different in the world when your idea is implemented. And get behind it. Because I think one of the yes. things that scares people and they say people are scared of change, I think they're scared of, it's going to be chaos. I'm going to get a bunch of extra work in my queue. Do I really mm -hmm. want that? Instead, if you're presenting a case like a new process, you're like, okay, this is going to be a little difficult getting started, but here's the vision of what your day is going to look like when it's up and going. You're mm -hmm. going to have a much day, uh, a much easier day at it of flowing and not struggling as much to do your daily tasks or whatever it might be. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Framing it in that way, it makes all the difference. And then, you know, there's still maybe resistance. And I think it's important to think about resistance mm -hmm. by talking creative together about different kinds of resistance. Mm -hmm. There's resistance that's really healthy. It's the resistance that's about the quality of the idea or the, mm -hmm. the logic in the idea or whether mm -hmm. or not it's feasible and viable and, and whether people might want it, right? Mm -hmm. There's that kind of resistance. So someone might say, well, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not with you. I'm not mm -hmm. behind you, but it might be really great. Like, what about how can I use that kind of resistance to make my idea better? Mm -hmm. But then there's other kinds of resistance that are not healthy, like political jockeying. Mm -hmm. You know, when 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 a company invests in my idea, they may actually have to say no to someone else's, or it might change. My idea might actually change some something that was somebody else's baby, mm -hmm. and was the reason they got a lot of kudos, right? And so the, these different kinds of resistance you know, we have to be prepared for them and we have mm -hmm. to understand how to navigate these different kinds of resistance that are part of that organizational sludge sometimes. You know, I I love that we went here because I've been in situations where uh, many years ago I had started in a company. I loved it. I had felt that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It was going to be my pinnacle to move up all the way to the ranks of VP. That was my my goal at the time. And uh, new management came in, saw me as a person who was very creative and said, give us your view of what you think this department could look like and how it could run better. And I stupidly just presented this huge report, hundreds of pages, graphs, everything. I was so happy. And I promptly got fired because mm. I um, this was a new manager, my direct manager right beneath this new person uh, did not like that report and felt mm. it endangered her job. And yes. so she made a um, case to get rid of me. And uh, I thought, wow, um, if only I'd been smart enough to include her, yes. that would have made all the difference because yeah, it was cool. You wanted my feedback, but maybe I go into her office and go, Hey, so-and-so, so-and-so who just started here asked for my feedback and I had some ideas, but I want to run them by with you. You want to work with me on this? I think that would have made, you know, that political thing you're talking about would have changed the whole vision of it because this way she wouldn't have felt threatened. Absolutely. Well, you're hitting on the the reason the book is titled Creative Together because mm -hmm. it's so much more powerful when we do it together. But th there's lots of stuff that gets in the way of doing it together. And so, you know, I talk about, about our creative style, the habits of how we create and how they formed in relationship to social systems, wow. how they can get in the way. I talk about how we could share leadership and co-create more effectively. So, you know, it's it's not... You know, I, I could change the story of who I am as a creator and realize, wow, I've got this incredible potential mm -hmm. and understand that now there's a whole new world open to me, but maybe I'm still not sure about how do I do that effectively with others? So the first part of the book is about um, changing the story of what I believe about creativity and how I create. Mm -hmm. And then the second part is about taking that out in the world and learning to create together more effectively in yeah. exactly the kind of situation that you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Years later, when I look back at it, I, I, for, you know, I was um, a little upset about how things turned out sure. and, and felt like, wow, they don't value me and da da da. And then people, if they have experience like I had at that time, they could go about going, I'm just going to cover this creativity and not share it because it just gets dumped on and it doesn't get recognized and la la la. Instead, I, I did some, you know, reflecting and realized, well, I was part of the problem and that I didn't work to look to bring people into the fold to say, how can we do this together? Mm -hmm. I would just so tickle pink that he liked my ideas. And I thought this could be my way to move on up to the pinnacle sure. VP ladder. And, and sometimes all of those things that you mentioned early on get in the way of us really connecting, creating together. Cause we have all these, you know, everyone has their own story in their head. Yes. What I love about what you're saying is you're you're kind of describing what I mean when I say conscious creativity. Mm. You were actually in that moment having self-awareness 
that helped you use that situation to, to your advantage, you know, in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's what conscious creativity is all about bringing more self-awareness, more intention, more attention mm -hmm. to the process of, of creating and what we learn along the way about ourselves and others. Yeah, this is fascinating because I, I think often in, in the corporate world, things can become very convoluted and, and um, confusing. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, in the past old days, uh, I would sit there after work and we go for cocktails on a Friday and complain, blah, 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 blah. They don't understand us and they don't reward us or blah, blah, blah. Um, but what I like what you're talking about is when you can sit back, kind of peel back the layers and say, what part do I play in the whole, you know, chess game of life? Because mm -hmm. you're inside your head, seeing it from your perspective, but there's so many intertwining perspectives on a day-to-day -day basis that you're not even considering. Absolutely. And one of, one of the tips I, I tell folks that I work with is suss out the constraints as early as possible in the mm -hmm. journey. For example, you know, I, I did about I did about 15 years in HR, um, and one of the things I would always do is go to the legal department first, because I wanted to know what were the employment laws, what were the regulations, mm -hmm. what were the constraints that I was going to have if I was designing a working flexibly program or okay. building a, a an employee career center or whatever it was that I was doing, mm -hmm. and I would go to the legal department first, and my colleagues would say. Why do you go to the legal department? They're always telling you what you can't do. I, was like, <laughs> I want to know what I can't do as early as possible so I can work around it. And so when you talk about like, you know, having drinks after on a Friday or something <laughs> and complaining, oftentimes I would hear my colleagues complaining about people who are stopping them mm. because of certain constraints that they didn't suss out. They didn't actually mm. seek out. And, and so one of my, one of my pieces of advice for folks listening is, Try to find out what those constraints are, because once I know what they are, I can actually work to advocate it to, you know, through activism mm. or, or to really understand this constraint. Is it really non-negotiable, like many people sometimes present them, or can I negotiate this or, or work around it? Um, you know, what, how can I bring my creativity to that obstacle or that constraint as part of my process? Wow. And what's fascinating about this is people will often get to the first block and be like, ah, it's it. There's a stoppage. They're not letting mm -hmm. us do this. But what you're saying is when, and what I really, really like is that once you find out what the boundaries are, you're like, let's get creative and see how we can put this out into the world. And maybe not the first vision I had because there's these boundaries, but work within the boundaries, but still create, you know, whatever it is we're trying to create. Absolutely. Create and adjust is kind of the name of the game, especially uh -huh. in big social systems where there's lots yeah. of uh, people who will be interested in the idea and want to have a part in it or or tell you, you know, where the boundaries are. So create and adjust is, re is really important. It's kind of a bedrock of, of, of agile and agility now. A lot yeah. of people are doing agile, which is a lot about iteration and early mm -hmm. customer, early input. And, you know, there's th those principles are really important in bringing new ideas to fruition. Yeah. And, and what's interesting about this is that often when you have that first vision and then you have the boundaries, you don't realize now you have, have to put on your creative hat and and come up with a new solution. But it could be even better than your initial um, idea because you had to actually, as you say, suss out the boundaries and now come to even greater idea that works within the boundaries that sometimes are there for a reason. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I love what you're saying because it's it, it gets at some of the criteria I really like to think about, which is like desirability. Will people want this? 
what what's the what's it gonna what benefit is it gonna have in their lives and um, feasibility is it technically possible mm-hmm. and a viability how will it play out in the ecosystem and will will people receive it will they adopt it um, is the ecosystem set up you know like uh, I'm thinking about a solution that I heard someone talking about um, that was gonna require that 400,000 general practitioners change the way they led their practice. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just like, mm, that's that's not going to be viable. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get 400,000 general practitioner doctors to change mm-hmm. the way they run their practice to make your idea work, right? So desirability, mm-hmm. feasibility, and viability are really great as uh, sort of touchstones to think about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether an idea is going gonna, is gonna to fly. And Perhaps that that person has the idea for the four hundred thousand practitioners that is fabulous for the medical industry, yes. but cannot be done like that. You might yes. have to um, lay it out bit by bit. We start with this phase, and then the next phase, and the next phase, till we build out the greater picture that helps many. Because something huge, you generally can't just pop out of the box quickly and easily. IDEO is famous for um, you know bringing us the concept of prototyping. And prototyping, we're talking about that. You know, how could we, how could we prototype this idea, maybe with a small subset, mm-hmm. and start to build the case and show value, show benefit, mm-hmm. show the return on investment. Yeah, yeah. And now you mentioned something just when we got started here. What how the world has changed, and people had to creatively think differently. Businesses with COVID and the whole pandemic, because interestingly, before um, it happened, many businesses kind of had the idea that there's no way we could possibly function with a complete remote um, workforce. And not all businesses could do that, but a good many that were office-related type businesses could, especially at this time frame when we have you know tools like Zoom and personal computers in almost every house. Um, it allowed for that functionality and that that perspective of working remote to happen. And now I see online a lot of businesses are continuing that where, okay, your employees, staff or whatever is working around the world. Some One business I talked to, some employees are in Cyprus and beaches and, you know, Thailand. Um, but of course, the bottom line being you have to present the results. But I, that wouldn't have even been possible before two years ago. Or thought about it's amazing. It's it's so amazing what is possible when we're confronted with such mm-hmm. a disruption like COVID mm-hmm. and the pandemic, and how we had to rise to that occasion. One thing I will say is, mm-hmm. we've done a lot of rebounding and we've done a lot of adapting. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's kind of four arenas of where we might apply our creativity. And rebounding and adapting are two really important arenas. We've seen so much creativity there, but they're a little bit more on the reactive side. Mm. If you think about inventing and you think about positively disrupting, like disruptive innovation, those are more on the proactive side. Mm. And so what I'm encouraging people to do as we, you know, round the corner on three years and start to look forward is to um, acknowledge the incredible power of our creativity to rebound and adapt and also start to turn a little bit more towards inventing and disrupting and thinking about, okay, how can we start to fold in some of these ideas mm-hmm. as well as, um, you know, as well as just, just adapting and, and rebounding. In, I, I love that idea because the point is a lot of these changes came about because of necessity. It was, you had yeah. no choice, boom, you have 
you better rebound, you better make this happen, or you're going out of business. And mm -hmm. that's not the position you want to be in. I, I recall there was one industry of a, a client we've had on, or, or a guest we had on many years ago, who said in her industry was all about pro, not proactive, reactive, meaning when something mm -hmm. bad goes wrong, now we look to fix it. And yeah. she was a, an expert in her field that said, I want to go about this from let's see the problem ahead of time, the possible problems, let's work on a solution before they get here. So we're not having to just jump up and, and, and kill ourselves trying to fix a problem once it's happened. Absolutely. There's a great resource for that for your readers. Mm. Um, I talk about it in Creative Together, but also chapter four in Gary Hamill's book, Leading the Revolution. Mm. It's titled Be Your Own Seer. And he really helps us uh, understand what are some critical questions we could be asking to see around the corner, around the corner. In Creative Together, I talk about one of our superpowers, one of four superpowers is seeing beyond. And mm. I've incorporated some of his work, but if people want to go to the source, chapter four in Gary Hamill's book, Leading the Revolution is a great chapter, very inspiring. Well, I, I say both of your books are super inspiring. And where can people find out more about you, get their very own copy of Creative Together? How can they do that? Sure. Obviously, your anyone's favorite online retailer would be a great place to go to order the book. Also, mm -hmm. uh, links to online re retailers are on my site, stephenkowalski.com. Mm -hmm. There's also great resources. In the book, I've got QR codes that link to um, extra resources that are on stephenkowalski.com. Uh, you don't have to have the book to see those resources. Uh, but they do make a little bit more sense in context when, when you do. Uh, but the site is full of uh, full of information uh, about the book, as well as about my consulting practice, uh, mm. Creative License Consulting. Creative License is another one of our superpowers uh, that I talk about. So that's where people can find me. I love I'm also it. on LinkedIn. You can mm -hmm. find me on LinkedIn as well and reach out. Awesome. Well, you know, it's so important because I find that this is not only important for businesses, but our everyday life. People get entrapped in, in kind of the same old groundhog day. And we want people to live their fullest, grandest potential. And they can do that. And your book can help. Everyone go out and get a copy of Creative Together, Sparking Innovation in the New World of Work today. And thank you, Stephen Kowalski, for coming to Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you so much, Christina. Great to talk with you. Take you care. Betcha. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.